this week's episode, we welcome Jan Adams and Ronette Myers. Jan Adams, president and CEO of JMA Solutions. Welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. I what, appreciate it. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. Um, mother and father in the household? My, my mother was a beautician. My father worked in a steel mill. And I was the second of five children. Um, one older sister and three younger brothers. And my youngest brother has Down syndrome. I, I need to say that because I'm so proud and so close with him. So. Talk about the values in your household growing up with your mother and father versus how you've raised your own children. So it's, it's interesting you asked that question because my mother was 33 and my father was 44 when they had their first child, mm. my sister. And there are five of us and we're all three and four years apart. So my mother and father, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to to explain uh, because I think the way they they uh, actually parented us were was how they were probably parented. You know, we didn't say I love you. We didn't say a lot of things that I do with my children today. I, I, you know, I don't fault them for that. Um, we didn't talk about, you know, college. We didn't talk about a lot of things that I do with my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren today. So it was a, they, they were different kinds of parented, parents. Um, we went to church every Sunday, of course, three times on Sunday, and another service during the week. Um, they were very strict. Um, I was the wayward child, so I kind of marched to the beat of my own drum. But, you know, all in all, I, I love my parents, and I, I feel they did the best they could. What about the conversations about business ownership, entrepreneurship, owning your own, taking care and providing for, for yourself? Well, I think that, you know, my mother, as I said, was a beautician. My father worked 44 years in a steel mill. So my mother, uh, when she graduated high school, I think I understand she moved to Washington, D.C. for a while and worked for Department of of Treasury, and then she went back to Ohio where she met my father and eventually got married. But she went to beauty school. And when they bought their first house, uh, she converted the front porch of the house into a beauty shop. So she was able to do hair, as we say, and raise her children at the same time. She didn't have to leave the house or get a babysitter. She was able to do it all. So I think being an entrepreneur, that was kind of my first example of what an entrepreneur was. Of course, I didn't think about being an entrepreneur at the time. Of course, as when you're young, you always talk about, I want to be rich, but you never knew how you were going to get to that, that rich piece. So I think it was a seed that she actually laid for me to become a future entrepreneur. And I didn't know it at the time, but I do now. What was the reality for you at the time when you had these thoughts of wanting to be rich? And what really made you, what happened in your life um, that made it a reality that you really thought? Because, you know, a lot of us go from dreams to doers. How did you go from the dream? And what was the catalyst for you becoming a doer? So 
that's also an interesting question because my life took a different path than a lot of uh, people's lives take. I I was married uh, immediately after high school, you know, pregnant with a, a child, had two children, and my uh, ex-husband was not the the best spouse and it, uh, somewhat abusive. So. I was always of the mind that if I'm going to have a house with children, we're going to have some peace of mind in that house. So I left him uh, shortly after my second child was born, my daughter, who will be joining us later. She was two months old. We moved into the projects. We were on welfare. Um, I stayed home with the children during those years because I've always believed that the first five years of a child's life are the very formative years. I wanted to teach my children uh, morals. I wanted to teach them respect for the, not only themselves, but for others. And I think no one can do that better than a parent. So I was able to stay home with the children. And as soon as they went to school full time, I went to work full time. Of course, we moved out of the projects into an apartment. And eventually, I, I joined the Air Force when I was 27 years old. And uh, the children followed me. They graduated from high school in Germany. Once I retired from the Air Force in 2000, I uh, moved to Washington, D.C., worked as a contractor supporting the Federal Aviation Administration. And one of my federal customers said, you really need to think about starting your own business. You're a pretty smart, savvy uh, woman. You know, you're a service-disabled vet because I hurt my back when I was in service and we're going to help you succeed. I'm the kind of person, if you tell me something once and it makes sense, you don't have to tell me twice. So I started the company uh, because I was service disabled that they actually awarded a contract to me without me having to compete for it. And that started my business growth. But you still felt, despite the fact that your parents did not emphasize an education, you had to go back and complete something that you felt that needed to bring come full circle. Yes. So so I'm I'm gonna go backwards now to when um after I you know came off welfare and started to work full time, I um what I enrolled to, to be truthful and I haven't really told told this story much because it's gonna be part of my book. I did not actually graduate from high school when I was supposed to. Um, when I was got pregnant, um, got married, you know, my teacher said, you want to act like an adult, you go to school with the adults. So I started night school, but I didn't finish. And um, when, when I moved, came off of welfare, moved into an apartment and my mother helped me, I, would, I enrolled in the local university, Youngstown State University. The stipulation was you can enroll in school without a high school diploma as long as you have that diploma by the time you graduate college. So I would take my kids, my mother would take, keep the kids at night. Uh, I would get up in the morning, go to Youngstown State University, take a full load of classes. Uh, I, I, well, first I'd get up in the morning and go get them off to school from my mother's house. Then I would go to the university. And then after the university, I would go to a division of General Motors in Warren, Ohio and work. When I got off at midnight, I'd go home and go to sleep, get up in the morning and do the same thing every day. And of course, I take the kids home with me on the weekends. 
So, so that was my life for a while. Um, and my first semester at the university, I made the dean's list. So I was very proud of that because I was always a pretty good student in school. So um, I did go on once I did get into the military because they had University of Maryland representation in Germany and in Korea. And I um, worked to get my degree uh, in those entities. So that's, that's kind of how I... Uh, combine some of this in, in some parts of uh, my life story. But the importance of what you're saying now, there is something that would just was not right for you. You wanted to get a degree. You wanted an education. And when you think about the sacrifice and what you endured to get that education, what value did that and self-worth did that add to your already budding successful life? Oh, oh, it added a, a, a whole uh, very vast um, aspect uh, to my life. Um, I wanted to set an example for my children. I wanted to set an example for my grandchildren and now my great-grandchildren and to lead by example, which is what I try to also do in business. Uh, so that was that was really my goal. You know, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to get out of Ohio, Youngstown, was because I wanted a better life for my children. I wanted to, um, you know, I, I thought that I would just work at General Motors until I probably was buried. And, and I always wanted adventure in my life. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to take my children with me to see parts of the world as much as I could get them to, uh, to endure with me. And so, yeah, I've always had these visions and dreams and goals. And I've always been the kind of person that I really don't let anything stand in my way of pursuing those dreams and visions and goals. So, so it begs this, how were you able to see the bigger picture? You know, I, sometimes, sometimes I think uh, either you have it or you don't. You know, you're born with it or you're not. Um, it's just always who I was. I'll tell you a story about when I was four years old, standing, we, we lived in a single family home and we had a uh, fence around our property. And I would stand there on the first day of school and watch parents, mothers in particular, taking their children to the school on the first day. And I told my mother, I don't want you to walk me to school when I go to kindergarten. I want to go by myself. I've always had this, I don't know, uh, mind, uh, creative, in, in a sense, um, just independence, uh, independent way of thinking, independent way of doing things. It's just kind of been bred in me. What does this mean to you? If you fail to learn critical lessons, you're doomed to failure. Oh, so I think that you have to learn by your mistakes. Um, and make sure that you improve on what it is um, that you made the mistake with so that you can do better the next time. Um, if you don't learn, then you're doomed to fail. Ronette Myers, who's CEO and president of J-Line Solutions. And Ronette, I don't want you to do this in a soundbite. I want you to go deep for us. Talk about the value 
from adolescence to where you are now that your mother has added to your life? Um, the value that Jan Adams, my mother, has brought to my life has been invaluable. Just growing up overseas and being able to experience different cultures, you know, just different races, um, a different education has helped my life in so many ways. It has helped for me to be the person that I am today, to be able to go in, in any room, walk in any room, hold my own, and just be just as comfortable speaking to anyone that I want to. But yet it also helped me build relationships, cultivate relationships, which is invaluable in the business that I do today. So she has been an integral part of the growth of Ronette Myers. Do you think that growth also requires that you gravitate to successful people? Absolutely, yes, yes. I have, um, with that growth, I have been in walking into rooms that I would never have walked into before without my mother planting that seed or even having me walk alongside her into these rooms that some people never have the opportunity in their lives to ever walk into. So, I mean, I could tell you stories of some of the people that I've met, uh, stories that I've heard. It's just been phenomenal. And I'm so grateful that I have been blessed to have this opportunity to walk in the room, to have a seat at the table, as some say. Why is it so important that you connect your, your passion to your success? It is truly important because if you don't connect your passion, then you're not gonna grow, right? Because you have to have some passion about what it is that you do. You have to have a passion about wh where you see yourself in the future. Um, and, and like I said, talked about before, is those relationships, right? You have to be able to express who you are, what you do, and where you're planning to go. And so passion is key in the success of your company. You know, one of the things, uh, uh, Ronette and and to your mother, is that often the thing that destroys family businesses are families. The conflict, the dissension, uh, the fact that they grow apart, um, and, and yet it's no different than the family farms. Family farms have, have lost their way and no longer exist in many families because of the dissension, because of the animals that have grown, because they, in order, because they cannot grow together, they decide to sell it off and sell it off at such a cheap price that they lose their value. They'd rather sell it off to someone else instead of trying to maintain and grow that relationship to grow it bigger and better for the next generation. How do you, and you cannot tell me that you that sometimes may not be on the same page with your mother. You may have conflict. It may happen in private, it may happen in public, but how important it is to navigate that conflict um, that sometimes can break or make businesses, family-owned businesses? It is really important to um, maintain that relationship and to communicate with whomever is leading that business, right? So for me, it's my mom. She started the business um, you know, years ago, and then she brought me in almost immediately to help her with her business. But we had an understanding. We had a great conversation uh, about expectations uh, about being in a family business and about building generational wealth, right? So 
we had this conversation early on. Now, we've had some family members that come, came and went um, that didn't last, but you have to have the right mindset. You have to be able to look into the future and look at, um, you know, build succession plans as well uh, on how you're going to grow this business. But if you if you have somebody who's coming into the business who's not a leader, who is just coming in just for the money, then they're coming in for the wrong reasons. You have, as you stated earlier, you have to be passionate about what you're doing because that's the only way that it's going to work and for families to stay together and not really have a lot of tension amongst each other. So now, you know, my brother works for my mom as well. So it really truly is a family unit but we all are passionate about the growth and the success of the company. And we want to look at our children as Jen or my mom stated earlier, you know, our children, our grandchildren and our great grandchildren. Now I have five grandchildren, so I'm building this for them as well. In addition to my four children that I have. So, and, and I'd like to just throw in there, I named Jayland Solutions after my four children, Jamie, Lene, Asia and Nia, because I wanted to instill entrepreneurship in them. My grandmother was an entrepreneur, my mom's an entrepreneur, and I am. And now three of my children are entrepreneurs, and we're working on that fourth one. So it's, it's important to us. Passion is truly important. And in our community, you don't see a lot of this. So my mom has really set the bar high, but yet she laid that foundation for all of us. So, You know, you know, you know I, I learned this from our family business eight brothers and two sisters. You know, businesses can be very tough, and I'll reveal this, I don't talk about it often. Um, my father was so wise that when he was on his sick bed, he said in order for the family business to continue to grow and there not be conflict in the business and we not lose everything, he felt it was critical that he disinherit his first four children. Now, that was a tough situation. He wrote up the will, and he disinherited them, and he made me the executor of the will. And obviously, that causes conflict and dissension between you and your siblings. You could say, well, why would you set up that conflict? But you don't realize until later down the years that your parents can see things that you never could see. And while you could not see it then, they have great vision and great insight. The other thing that we learned in our family business, we always show deference to our mother and father. While they were our parents, they were still the progenitors of that business. They were the owners of that business. They built it from the scratch. And no matter how much, how older they may have gotten and how much we may have felt they should have stepped aside, that we always showed respect and honor to our parents. Because the last thing that sometimes a parent wants to feel is that you got all this education and now all of a sudden you want to push them out because you know a better way of doing things. Talk about that, Ronette. Because that's real. It is truly real. And we have those conversations, let me tell you. Um, my mother and I, you know, I see things a different way than she does. But yet I respect her for who she is because she built her business, you know, pretty much on her own. And, you know, we came in to help there later. But um, I have to respect her for um, setting that foundation and laying that groundwork for all of us. So um, it is important that we respect her and her decisions. We may not always agree, 
but yet we have an agreement to, to disagree, but yet have a conversation about why we disagree. And you, she'll listen to us. She may not agree with us, but she'll listen to us. But um, it, it is important. And then, you know, as you talked about that family dissension, uh, I think my mom really had that foresight in knowing which child would take over which business, right? Or which uh, venture that she was going into because um, although we both are entrepreneurs, my brother is a different type of entrepreneur, but he's an, he's an awesome guy and has multiple businesses. Um, but for me, the government contracting is, is my, my heart, my passion, in addition to some of the other things that I want to do. But, you know, she only had two kids to go through, so we didn't have to go through a whole line of them. But um, I, I think it's very important to respect your parents, respect the foundation that they laid, and follow suit. You know, Jan, what was your mission at the start of your company versus what it ended up being? So the beginning of it, it was, um, let me feel my way through this and see where I want to go, what I want to do, you know, what I want to um, do as far as my children are concerned. So I had to think quick and think on my feet because it wasn't something that I had planned to do until, you know, like I said, one of my former uh, federal customers planted the seed. So once I, I, I got a grip and, and really thought about it, I'm like, okay, um, I, I want my children in. My, as my daughter said, she, she started out in my company. It was, and mainly it was because one of my customers asked specifically for her. When, when I was working as a contractor, uh, one of uh, uh, the federal people that I knew said to my supervisor at the time, we want someone just like her to work for us. The only person I knew who had the work ethic and the wherewithal to do what I was doing to support my customer was my daughter. So she came and she worked for these people and they absolutely loved her. Then she moved to California and became a federal employee. And when I started the business, that was when I was a contractor. When I started the business, one of those same customers took over another entity in the FAA and said, I want Ronette back here working for me. So I told Ronette she quit her good government job and came to work as a contractor for me. So once that started and my son, you know, was on board and I got him into the business and I'm like, oh, this is great. I got my family here with me. We can just really make this thing work. And then my will started turning. Then I'm like, okay, let's start when we have our Thanksgiving dinners and our big dinners at whoever houses we are at. I always ask the grandchildren, what do you want to do in life? What, if you could make something or if you could sell something, what is it that you want to do? And we go around the table and we start talking about what, who wants to do what and how we can make that happen and how we can support each other. So it just kind of blossomed into what it is today. And I'm just real happy about where we all are today. Janet, it is certainly a fact that over the years, if you want to learn about people, do business with them, spend time with them, whether it's family members, whether it's people who are friends, why is it so important that any business that you eliminate not only bad, but toxic 
employees and relationships? Well, they have a tendency, toxic employees have a tendency of, of bringing others uh, down with them, or if they start talking bad about the business, um, it could be infectious and we could lose a lot of people and their loyalty, which is so important to me. Um, so we have to weed ourselves out of those people with those bad attitudes. And we've had a few over the years. And, and luckily, we've had enough good people who would bring it to our attention because my, my business is run like a family. Okay, I tell all of my new employees and I get to meet with each and every one of them as they come into the company. Even now that COVID is here, we actually do a Teams call, a Zoom call uh, with each individual employee. And I always let them know that if there's something wrong in their family, it, it affects us and we wanna know because we wanna help. If they have a, a sick uh, parent, a sick child, we wanna know because we wanna send them a, a, a teddy bear. We wanna send something to them. Somebody passes away in their family, we wanna know because we wanna send flowers and maybe even attend the service if it's possible. Um, we send birthday cards to everybody. We, um, have, uh, in the, we have summer events, we have holiday events. We give away lots of gifts to our employees. Um, every birthday card that they get, there's a Starbucks card inside of it. So we take really good care of our employees and we treat them as though they're a part of the JMA family is what we're called. So, Ronette, <laughs> why does it take risks to realize the greatest rewards in life? You, you have to take risks because um, if you don't, you, you may not um, excel to where you want to be, right, to, to receive those rewards. Um, you know, I, I talk about my mom a lot because she's a true risk taker. But if it wasn't for her taking the risk to start this business, our family wouldn't be where we are financially. Uh, we, we, I was actually told you I was a government employee, so... That's a whole nother story in itself. I love the government though. But um, you have to take risks. Um, you have to make investments in order to uh, excel to the next level. Um, I, I also like to talk about, you know, in our generation or in our, our people, us, you don't see generational wealth being built. You don't see it being instilled in us as young people. And so now that we have this platform, uh, we are trying to spread the word more and more on how you can build generational wealth and how you can take that risk to invest in a property or invest in a stock market, you know, and invest in something that will give you passive income, right? You don't hear that in our community. So taking risks are important to help you get to the next level. Jen, why is it so important that you ask and answer the tough questions? So why is it so important that I ask and answer the tough questions? Of course. Because it, it, it makes me a smarter person um, if I know which questions to ask and I know how to answer the questions. Um, you know, Ronette was talking about risk. I, I'm a risk taker, as she said, very much so. When I started this business, I didn't have any money. Um, I had to go to her and ask her if she would borrow $10,000 from the bank. Uh, to go with uh, a few thousand dollars that I had, and then I would pay her back. That was a big risk for her to even take. 
you know, but she trusted me enough, thank goodness, um, to to go and get that uh, money and loan it to me. And of course I paid her back in, in more ways than, than not. Um, but uh, I, I'm a risk taker in that I invested in, in plays in New York City. I invested in a 99-unit condominium building here in Washington, D.C. You know, something that you don't see a lot of women or women who look like me invested in some of these things. I said somebody to somebody once that I invested in this play in New York called Thoughts of a Colored Man that just went to Broadway. They're like, oh, I didn't know you can invest in Broadway plays. I'm like, yeah, you know, things that our people just don't hear about. I'm trying to spread the word on some of these things so they know that you can do these things. You can do them. Jan, do you feel your life is balanced? Very much so, uh, extremely. I, I have done more things than I've ever expected to do in life, ever. You know, I tell my kids, I tell my grandkids, and I tell my great-grandkids, if I left here tomorrow, please don't cry for me. I know they will, and that's okay. But don't dwell on it. I have lived a full, uh, eventful, awesome life, and I have no regrets, and there's nothing in life that I would do any differently than what I've done already. Ronette, I. I was really um, touched to hear about the $10,000 um, that you found that you believed in your mother enough you would make the investment. But why is it important to ask yourself whether or not my expenditures are moving me forward? Why is it important to ask myself why my expenditures are moving me forward? It is, it is, um, Truly, truly important because um, as we talk about those investments, right, you, you have to step out on faith to see what's going to happen next. But yet you have to trust it. You have to trust the process. You have to trust that what you're uh, investing that money in is going to help you get to that next level. But then you got to do your research, too. You really need to do your research. Um, and, you know, my mom talks, she talked about some of the things that she's invested in, as she stated we don't know about this stuff because it's in a quiet kept community. So, you know, taking that leap forward can get you somewhere that you've never been before. But do your homework. Always do your homework before you make that leap. Jen, why is it so important to know what to say no and yes to? <laughs> so, <laughs> now that that's a hard, that's a very hard question for me to answer because I don't know how to say no, okay? I'm practicing. I tell people when they come to me and ask for donations for uh, various charities, and, and, and I do go overboard sometime, and I have to you know, talk to myself and pull myself back. I tell people that I normally stand in the mirror in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, practicing saying no. No, thank you. No, thank you, not today. And then when they come to me, it's usually a yes. So it's it's difficult for me because I'm such a risk taker. Um, I don't always do my homework, as Ronette said. That's where we differ a lot. Um, there are things that I should do my homework on, but I don't. I go by my gut feeling for a lot of things. It's, it's kind of an old school way of doing things. And I'm very big on handshakes and gut feelings. And in, within five minutes of conversing with you, I kind of get a sense of whether I can trust you or not. And that is what matters to me versus 
most of the homework that I feel that I, I could do. It's time consuming to do homework. I don't have a lot of time to do that. So, so that's, so yes and no is a problem for me. Okay. I'm not a good person to ask that question to. And finally, <laughs> Jan, we have only 30 seconds left. How important is your faith and your moral striving been to your success? So, that's that's another good question because you know I'm I'm a firm believer. Uh, I remember reading or, or or being taught um, in church that if you make one step, you know he'll make two. So first of all, I have to have faith in myself and belief in what I'm doing in order to get the support and the guidance and the will exerted from above to help me to get to where I'm going. Jen Adams, Ronette Myers, I gotta tell you, this has been a, I can't stop smiling. Thank you so much for joining us, for your voice. What an incredible an example. What an incredible example of what people can do with a little sacrifice, a little faith, and a little support, and believe in each other. You can do it too. That is the American dream. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. 